This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Win, lose or draw, McDelivery will always help bring home the free points. And speaking of points, order now on the McDonald's app and you'll earn reward points through every delivery. Order today, rewards tomorrow. You in? Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everyone, Robbo here. You're listening to the Blues Focus Podcast. Keep right on. Hi Blue fans, Marlon King here. You're listening to the Blues Focus Podcast. Keep right on. Hello and welcome to Blues Focus Podcast with me, your host, John Graham. Once again, many thanks for taking the time to download this pod Wherever you're downloading it from, you can pretty much download it wherever you want these days. We're becoming that big. Uh, I think it's just for the back of just an amazing run of results, but we're all flying the flag at the moment. And if you're watching on YouTube, then please subscribe. Um, you know, we, we, we'll take this beyond the season um, because we enjoy it. I think you enjoy it as well. So long may that continue. And, and yet again, we're coming with positive vibes. So we've gone from weeks and weeks of utter shit to just beyond belief. I guess, results and, and some really solid performances. So before we get into it, Carl, how are you, my friend? Yeah, good, mate. Buzzing, absolutely buzzing. Top man, top man. And Tom, uh, I, I see that your, uh, your 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 bruises from the last pod have uh, gone down a little bit. So those, they've done. Yeah, the eye's all good now. <laughs> so, um, um, <coughs> okay, let's get involved. So, um... Hi, Birmingham fans. This is Jamie at Fans Favourite. We produce football scarves inspired by classic shirt designs and we're the new sponsor of the Blues Focus podcast. We're offering you 10% off using the promo code BLUESFOCUS10. Our latest Birmingham City scarf is inspired by the classic kit worn for part of the 1992 season. We know this is a bit of a Marmite shirt amongst Blues fans, but we see the beauty in all shirts. Go check it out at www.fansfavourite.co.uk. Well, here we are again, as I said, you know, this seems to be a bit Groundhog Day, but uh, in a very, very good way. So, you know, we, we won't break with tradition um, and it's probably got a different label. Um, so, Tom, uh, um, Bo Bingo, uh, what did you think at uh, 11 o'clock on Sunday when, when it came out? Reasonably happy. I'm still, I'm still a bit sad not to see Bella and Sanchez more involved, but I understand that they just don't work in the system we're playing right now. 
Um, but it was obviously nice later on in the game to see Sanchez get some minutes. But now overall, with the lineup that came out, I was quite happy. I was not. I was really happy to see McGree at number ten. Actually, I was quite excited for that. Um, I don't think it delivered to expectation, but I think that was just down to the way Rotherham played. But we'll, we'll certainly touch upon that. So uh, no, I was quite hopeful. Uh, I was mainly excited about McGree at Cam, but um, surprised to see Lico starting again. However, I think he was okay. Um, but no, overall, I was quite quite happy with the lineup. I thought it was good to see us kind of sticking with the same defensive unit, uh, make sure they're getting that that chemistry there. Um, so no, I was I was quite happy, quite happy. Carl, you, you you happy with it as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Kind of just it would just basically kind of repeat everything Tom just fucking said. Really, <laughs> um, yeah, it's you know it was the bulk of the team was the same. I think we all kind of knew that McGree was going to get in because of Halilovic's injury. Um, and after the way that he played uh, the previous game in that second half, you can't really um, scoff at his uh, admission to the starting eleven. Good to see Seds getting a run of games as well, and that's continuing at sort of left wing back. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there was anything um, hugely surprising. Um, it was good to see um, Amari Miller on the bench again as well. Yeah, uh, I know he didn't obviously get on, but it's still good to have that option of of a bit of a uh, pace and youth from the bench but yeah no real surprises fairly happy with it was fairly confident going into the game and thought yeah we've got this yeah I think from my point of view obviously Rotherham had had some yeah fairly sketchy results you know those sort of games in hand were dwindling sort of you know as the days went by um, and obviously Cov I suppose in hindsight did um, and I think the Again, three clean sheets in, in on the spin going into the game. They were never, you know, he, he probably wasn't going to change it up too much. For you, McGree, I felt was um, more than worthy of his of his spot. Um, the only thing I would say is he played so well, and he's played so well on that left hand side. I'd have probably left him. I'd probably left him in that position. Uh, but we we have said, you know, maybe as a cam, he could do a job. Um, and obviously with Hogan on the bench, Leko getting the nod is, is a big shout. Maybe Hogan probably wasn't quite ready off the back of his injury. But, you know, I think all things being equal, probably we, we for a change, we probably would have got it sort of about, about there with maybe, you know, Seds not coming in for somebody else. But I think other than that, the side pretty much picked itself in recent weeks. So, you know, obviously we're on the crest of a wave. We've had, you know, a decent rest. We've a lot of time to think about what we're going to do and how we're going to approach it. Rotherham, not so strong. Um, so, so, Carl, thoughts on the, on the first half? Um, I think we, we started well. I think for maybe the first sort of 10 or 15 minutes, we were, I wouldn't say we're necessarily looking good, but I think, you know, we were moving it all right. We were, we were causing threats. I mean, Duke, you headed over, was it like 40 seconds? Yeah. Um, from the start of the game, I think we looked right. Now I think I don't know the balance sort of shifted, and I think it kind of shifted when um, I think Rotherham had that effort where he turned peds and, and put it. Well, it was a lot wider than it actually looked uh, initially, and I think that kind of gave them a bit of confidence. Yeah, um, and I think we let them come on to us a little bit too much. We moved the ball quite slowly. We weren't first to these second balls like we have been over the last sort of five games. Um, and it's quite disappointing to see. And, I, you know, I mean, I know it's hard to 
to look back and, and you know say that it was disappointing to see when we were so used to that kind of shit over the last season. But um, you know, I think we we've already come to expect a certain level of Bowie's teams. Um, maybe that's maybe that's us getting a bit carried away. Maybe, um, but yeah, I just think it just lacked energy, and there were times where you wouldn't have thought that Rotherham had played like three games in the week before that. Um, there wasn't really, I mean, defensively, I think we did all right. We're quite solid, but there wasn't really anyone bar maybe Lecco who seemed to be running his, his ass off again um, up the top. There wasn't really anyone for me that stood out in that first half. I think McGree, it just, it just didn't work for him for whatever reason. He was involved in a couple of bits and pieces, but he just seemed a little bit lost. Yeah. Um, Seds getting involved, uh, you know, proper putting himself around. And it's good to see him have a battle with, uh, obviously, Wes Harding on that right, which I thought was quite quite interesting. Um, but, yeah, it was just... I mean, we, we weren't losing at half-time, I guess, which is the plus there. Yeah. But it just wasn't... It wasn't the blues we've come to, to know over the last few games. And, obviously, that bubble was always going to fucking burst at some point. But it just... I don't know. It was almost like we hadn't quite punished them in that opening 15, 20 minutes like we maybe should have. And yeah. they were a bit taken aback by the way that Rotherham came back at them and kind of, not quite deer in headlights, but it looked like they were a little bit kind of tentative to go for it. Yeah. And, and, and you know, b- b- before I, I sort of say my piece and come on to uh, Tom to, to have his say, I think it's really important that, you know, it has been amazing. There's no, no doubt about it. And, you know, at the end of the day, we've got a result this time around. But you know, we're, we're still, we're still supporters, you know, we've watched the game and, you know, they, they can't be, you know, it can't be a complete loving all the time no. because you just got to, you got to say it as it is. Um, and, and, you know, ultimately I think if we're going to, going to feel, feel the need for a bit of criticism, then it, then they shouldn't be, they, they, you know, they, they shouldn't, they shouldn't sort of be absorbed of any criticism just because of the way it's going. Having said that, Tom, uh, as, as, as you sort of saw the first half sort of develop, were your thoughts same as Carl, or did you see anything different? Uh, very similar. I think I think the key the key probably sentence I suppose to put out there was I was brought back to fucking earth. That's for sure. Um, just I don't know. It wasn't. I obviously expected us to be a bit better but I didn't expect us to be as poor as I, I think we probably were I thought defensively we were quite solid I think it was just going forward that their relentless pressure which by the way how they managed to keep that up having played as many games they played recently was fair play <laughs> fair yeah. players that's all I have to say you know they were committed to the cause um, and they didn't they, you know if you looked at that game you'd have thought we were the side that had just played two games in the last three days so um yeah, no, it was fair play to them, but we just struggled going forward. However, on that, in that first half, I think we should have had a penalty. And yeah. I'd have been really gutted if we, you know, we'd been cost, I suppose, if we'd lost the game or if even if we drawed, I'd have been frustrated because we, we should have had a penalty. But I'm glad that we obviously got the result in the end. Um, but no, I, for me, that was more Stonewall than the one we got against Swansea. That was a very similar challenge. Um, just so happened to be from Wes Harding, um, ex-Blues. Of course, he's not going to go, oh, sorry, lads, it was a foul, it was a pen, as much <laughs> as we'd like him to. And then uh, we'll, we'll, I'm sure I'd, I'd love to sign him back if he did that. But <laughs> uh, no, it's um, it's one of them, obviously. Uh, we're Birmingham City. The odds of those being given for us are always very slim. 
Um, so I wasn't expecting much, to be honest. However, I thought defensively, overall, in that first half, we were very solid. But I was certainly brought back down to earth with the way we played when going forward. And uh, Rotherham surprised me, really surprised me. If they play like that for the rest of the season, I think they have yeah. every chance of staying up. No, mate, I think that's a, a brilliant point. And for, for what it's worth, I hope they do stay up. I do. I think they're a genuine club. Derby go down. Club. That's what we want. Yeah, I, I don't, I, to be honest, <laughs> don't give a shit. It goes down as long as it's not us. Um, yeah. But no, I, I just, I, I really like, I like the way they went about it. It wasn't massively long ball. We were probably more sort of um, guilty of, of that sort of more direct play. Um <sighs> I think there was a couple of things that really did that were sort of polarised a little bit because when you look at a midfield of, of Seddon, uh, Sunjic, Gardner um, and who was on the right-hand side... Uh, Max. Yeah. There's not a lot there as far as retaining the ball, moving off the ball. You know, for me, you take the previous game, you've got Halilovic on one side and McGree on the other. There's some, that's some good, you know, they're good footballers. And, and I just think that at times we, I, I, you'll never say it because we've been, I think we've been gushing about, you know, his attitude of a going to win every game. And, and I have no doubt that, of course, he wanted to win the game. Um, I, I just think it was that a, a point was really good for us. Um, and I think after those first 20 minutes, I mean, we're all saying it, so they were probably the same. Massively surprised the way that Rotherham found the gears that they did to really put it on us all the time. And that's the problem. When you're pressurising players that aren't comfortable on the ball, you're going to get found out. And I think that's where we did get found out. We just didn't have enough people that, like a Harper, that, that can just probably take the ball in difficult scenarios or when someone's closing down, have the have the sort of the mindset and the brain to move the ball a little bit quicker than maybe Gardner and, and, and Sunjic can. So yeah, I mean we started brightly. If we're being honest, they had the line share of the first half, I think they had some okay chances without being, you know, it reminded me a bit of us under Cranker. There was no real guilt edge chances. Um but they they definitely I think had the line share of the first half. Thought we defended great. I think there is one major issue that we that's developing where when a ball gets played into the channel and our two wing backs are advanced, the the three are staying within the uh, the confines of the area. So if you imagine there's sort of three in the line at the edge of the box, ball comes into the channel, you've got somebody advanced, and then Roberts on a couple of occasions, he just stood his ground. So you've just got somebody bearing into the box without any real pressure on the ball. And I think that might be a system thing. It might be a calculated risk perspective from Boria, but it's happened a few times now. And I think in that system, it, it will, unless your wing backs are maybe a little bit more defensively minded or we don't lose the ball in advanced positions, which we were. So, yeah, but I think Rotherham were good value. I, I wouldn't, you know, it, I don't think we could have had too many complaints if we were one nil down at, at the end of the first half. So, Tom, going into the second half, you know, what we were, well, I guess, where were your thoughts? Were you expecting a change? And if so, who would you have brought on? Or how did you think it was going to play out? I was expecting a change, yeah. I was expecting us to be more on the front foot or at least show a bit more commitment, a bit more desire. Uh, maybe we could do that with a more attacking substitution, uh, which I was certainly hoping for. And that 
it came a bit late on for me uh, when we brought on Ivan Sanchez in the end to try and liven things up. But I don't think that did the required job, to be honest, for at least until the last five minutes. Um, yeah. But no, I, I certainly expected more, but I don't think we saw that. I think Rotherham still came out the hungrier side. However, around about the 60th, 65th minute, Rotherham started to finally tire a bit and we grew into the game. And I think we had at least 10 minutes of um, a decent spell from Blues. Um, and then after that, it became more even, but no real pressuring spells. Rotherham started to resort to more long-range efforts through players like Lewis Wing, who we all know packs a punch if you watch Middlesbrough yeah. play at St Andrews this season. <laughs> um so yeah, no, it was uh, that that before we actually scored, I thought the period was on and on and off the second half really. However, yeah. I must say on our shape, um, I think we yet again went into the game looking to match Rotherham again, uh, like we have yeah. done with teams. You know, we've played the played the five uh, three two, and um, they Rotherham played three five two. So it's very similar formations. Uh, Rotherham slightly more attacking, and that showed. Um, but I don't think we took advantage of the weaknesses they had out wide, which is why I honestly think playing a 4-4-2 might have actually suited us better in that game because we'd have had more wide players uh, like Bella and Sanchez who really could have hurt the, the wide areas of Rotherham that were quite exposed. But instead, we ended up being the exposed ones in the wide areas. Like when you watch players like Ladapo come forward, you were constantly shitting yourself because he was yeah. getting out wide in those yeah. in that particularly that left area, and it was worrying because yeah. he was cutting inside successfully. He could easily switch sides. He was two-footed. You just felt like he was going to cut inside at some point and bang one top bin. Um, that was sort of the worry we had. But no, I, th I thought it was good to see com more commitment from players like Jonathan Lico, who I think just he just lacks the clinical edge at the moment with his passes and his shooting. Um, he just needs to find his feet in that sense. But overall, his work rate was top notch, uh, which is better than what we've seen, where he's kind of shrugging his shoulders a bit, heads are a bit down. Um, we're seeing more from him, which is good. We, we need to see that. And I think it's... I feel like from now it can only really progress and go up for him. So hopefully that is the case. Uh, but no, coming on to the last five minutes, really, I thought we were a lot better. Um, we weren't, you know, blowing Rotherham out of the water. But in the end, we just took our chance, which is what Rotherham failed to do. And I think that, you know, I was expecting another Mardi manager, uh, opposing manager interview, to be honest, afterwards. But we didn't really see that. I thought Warren was very honest in the fact that, you know, we played a certain way and it worked and they played well, but they didn't take their chances, whereas we did. Yeah. And it's another great ball from Mark Roberts, who's clearly David Beckham now. <laughs> um, Pedersen's got a little flick on and it's landed nicely for Dean. And then obviously a little little nick off the Rotherham defender to just tip it that little extra bit over the keeper, who in fairness to him was a hard, a hard to beat in that game. And he was hard to beat against Coventry as well. Um, so then their, cover, their keeper's been on fire in the last couple of games. So it was always going to be tough to beat them. But then I thought we were solid seeing the game out. I thought we did that really well. And that's been one of my favourite things under Bowyer since he came in. I feel a lot, I obviously feel nervous because we've got to sit through it. But I just, we look so much more comfortable defending leads, which is, is big for us because we have one of the worst records for holding on to leads. Um, so to come in and change that again, Fantastic from Bowyer if he hasn't already done an amazing job enough from his record. Little things like that is also a big praise. 
Yeah, and, and Carl, just as that, as that second half developed, did, I mean, you were the same mindset of, you know, quite disappointed or do you think the game plan was to maybe, as Tom said, after an hour, they've got to tire. Yeah. They've got to, you know, it's like, what, do you think we're waiting for that? Do you think that was a game plan or? I, I think Bo will probably fucking claim it as a tactical masterclass and that, that's exactly <laughs> what we were trying to do. Um, I, I think... I think we were just, it comes back to the, the first, I think we were just shocked by their intensity. You know, maybe that was the message, but it just, it was just disappointing to, to not, you know, I, I agree with Tom, I was expecting an earlier substitution. Uh, and I I would have thought the switch to 4-4-2 would have been, would have been right. Get better on, get Sanchez on, even if you're doing it after the 60th, 60th, 65th minute mark, you know, because they've got, I mean, Bella hasn't played for, for three or four weeks now. He's got to be fresh. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's no way he isn't. Um, yeah, I'd like to. I mean, like I said, I'm pretty sure Bayer will claim it, and, and I'd like to think that was our game plan, maybe. But I think it's still, you know, it is still disappointing that we didn't just couldn't quite find that top gear that we have found, certainly against Stoke. I mean, we were phenomenal against Stoke in that second half, yeah. Um, and it was just really disappointing to not hit that kind of level again. But then teams do have days like that, you know, that's football, isn't it? One week you're, you're Barcelona, the next minute you're Atkinson Stanley. You know, it's no offense to either to Ackerton Stanley, by the way, there before we fucking get abused for that. Um, um, but you know, I think ultimately we went out there to do a job which was get at least a point in that second half. If we could nick it, we'll nick it, and, and we did. Um, which I'm, I'm really happy about because that paid for a few beers afterwards. Um, <laughs> And I cashed out really quickly in case they tried to claim it as an own fucking gold as well. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, and, and then again, I agree with Tom, the game management, once we've got that lead, is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. You know, players were everywhere, making sure that they were keeping their shape, doing their job. Um, I just think that, you know, I, I definitely think they probably got a bit of a bow you bollocking at halftime as well, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, disappointing, but ultimately we got three points and, and that's all that matters at this this stage now is how we, it doesn't matter how we got those three points we got them you know I think he said in his press conference afterwards you know we've got the summer to fucking work on shape and yeah. fucking gameplay and shit like that so did he say it like that he didn't know that's my <laughs> that's my uh, that's my interpretation that's his journalistic uh, talent <laughs> really bringing it to yeah. life yeah I was going to say, I thought our manager was Mike Bassett for a second there. <laughs> I, I would love for you to have gone Mike Bassett. But, um, yes. <laughs> but yeah, you know, and I agree with him. We'll get to the summer. Let's stay in the championship and and then we can worry about start of football and and the way we play games then. Um, good to see Sanchez back from injury, I think. Um, and I think he has got a bit of a part to play. Same with Bella eventually, you know, he will chuck him on at some point, I think. Um, but yeah, ultimately we got another Harley Dean header. He's got to be second top scorer or near joint top oh, scorer yeah. by now at this point. He's two goals off it, is he? Yeah, I thought he thought he'd be there or thereabouts. And like you say, Mark Roberts has suddenly got a wand of a fucking foot. So uh, don't know where that's come from. But um, but yeah, ultimately it's three points. Yeah, and uh, I think that um, the, the, the lots of passages of playing that well, first and second half were a little bit reminiscent of, of Karanka, albeit. Yeah, we we always look a lot more competitive. I think a lot more less lethargic, and everybody's putting a shift in. But I think the difference now is because everybody knows their job. I think that those hard luck stories that he used to have when he'd fucking we'd be one nil up and he make changes, 
and then he couldn't believe we can see two goals really quickly just by going mega defensive. He couldn't get his head around it. You know, we've all we've all heard it. It was the, I don't understand why. You know, we're one nil up, brought some players on. We were just unlucky with a better side. Most of that was total bollocks. But I think the point is now the game management is that good. And I think because they are so used to doing what they do, that's what they remember now. How many individual mistakes has there been in recent weeks? Oh, yeah. Fuck all. Do you know what I mean? And it was one, two, three a game. Okay, not everyone was going to necessarily lead to a goal, but a lot of them did. Um, I I think F3 had a bit of a fucking mad moment at one point in the game. Um, (laughs) But I suppose he's a keeper. He's entitled to that. Because he's been he's been outstanding for the last sort of well since Bowie's been in, so you know I, I think there's a definitely an example of that consistency of selection around the three the three at the back and, and the Sunich and the Gardner. When it comes to the Alamo, like he did after we scored, they know what they're doing, and you're much less likely to make mistakes when the fucking players know their jobs. And that was a problem to Karanka. If the players don't know what they're doing, they're shitting themselves and not confident. They can see goals. And that, I mean, you look at our points tally now, and I guess we'll go on to where we think it could be. Um, yeah, we, we've still, we're still like, I think it's 24 points lost from winning positions. And you add half of those to where we're at. Okay, it's not quite playoffs, but I think that's where this squad is. I think it feels like a 12th to 10th type of squad, a bit like Rabbit. You know, they're not good yeah. enough for the top six, but I think they are more than good enough for top half. And, you know, we're in the league table. We're, we're second, aren't we, at the moment, since Bowyer took charge. We're... Exactly. And I have to say really quickly, by the way, um, oh, yeah, I forgot what I was going to say now. But, yeah, no, actually... Um, <laughs> I'll say really quickly then. You look at the teams that go up in this division, um, they can have a bad performance, but they still find a way to win. And if we can keep up that mentality, then there is every chance we can push for a top 10 next season. And also, it has to be said, we've actually not dropped any points from a winning position yet under Bayou. We've not dropped any points at all, really, from when we've been controlling a game or in the lead. So to, to change that already, considering we were one of the worst, is crazy. Yeah, and I just think that, you know, there's signs... You know, we, we talked about Lecco in the last pod. I'd wholeheartedly agree with, I think you said, Tom, that his, his endeavour and his, his attitude seemed to be different, which I would definitely, yeah, I think he was a different different sort of, a different player, wasn't getting caught offside quite as much. There was a couple of times, but nowhere near as bad as the previous game. Um, he needs a pre-season. I think that's the only time we can make a, a real judgment call. He's had horrific injuries. You know, with the, the on and off with COVID, I think the excuses go out the window within the first 12 games of next season. You know, he needs to make an impact during that period. Um, I think, I think you know, if Hogan's fit, I think he struggles to get in, if I'm being honest. I don't see how you can maybe pick him ahead of Hogan if you're playing the, the two up top, um, because I think they work really well together. But it's good that he's, he, I think he's responded to probably a lot of criticism. You know, I, I certainly criticised him. Um, and, I, and I just think overall, we're probably due, you know, it wasn't great. And with that side, to be brutally honest, in my opinion, that's starting 11. It's not dynamic enough to win a lot of football games, but it will do a job for certain football games. And it certainly did that on, on Sunday. So, again, you can't knock him. Um, I'd rather have a lucky manager 
than a, you know, an amazing manager that, you know, we, there's loads of hard luck stories. Fuck that. We've had that before. Um, so, yeah, a massive, massive three points for us. And, you know, if we're not safe, then fuck me, we're very, very close to being yeah. safe. One it thing could be fourteenth I mean, after after Wednesday. You well, know. Yeah, well, you called it a long time ago, mate. You called fifteenth about six weeks ago, and and I tell you what, with the games that we've got, I don't think you're going to be far off the mark. I, I genuinely hope, and we'll come on to the Forest game in a minute. I'd ro- I really want to get to that automatic position quickly, so we can start to tinker a little bit. Because you know, if we get to fifty, I, I don't really give a fuck as long as we stay up. But I think for me, fifty-one points. Let's get Miller in. Let's get Simmons in. Let's get fucking um, Hilalovic back. Let's change a few things. Let's Odin use Bailey. That. Yeah, it, mate, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, it, it's really exciting times. My, my, my one thing about next season, and, and I, I, I want to say it now, because um, Martin Granger made a really good point on Twitter, and it's probably not the most popular thing to say, but I agree with him 100%, and I've said it before. Now, it, it, not even I can knock Harley Dean because he has been man of the match in every Sky game that we've had in you know since Bowie's been there, and rightly so. He scored critical goals, and uh, he, he was a really nice touch with with Harding after the game. You know, he really sort of you know nice in, you know, embraced each other, just showed a bit of a different character uh, to Dean. But what I would say is, where the fuck would we have been if we hadn't a Sakaranka? Now, I know that, well, I know that's hypothetical, but let's be honest, if they hadn't fucking gone over the top of Dong's head, he'd still be there and we'd be in the fucking shit. Yeah. And we'd Honestly, be in, 23rd. That's yeah, where we'd be in the shit be. because players like Dean didn't want to play for him. Now, I, that, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. But I would hope that, again, what happens when... Bowyer's message isn't getting across because he's not going to be manager forever. Doesn't happen, does it? What's the lifespan of a manager in the championship? Two seasons? It's two years, yeah. So, you know, at the end of next season, if we don't, you know, if it's not a fucking stellar season, he might start to lose the dressing room. Then what? They're down tools again. For me, that just, and I've said it consistently, so I'm not being a shit house. You can't have players that do that. Rotherham didn't fucking do it, did they? They've just, they've got no. the, all the excuses under the sun. Small club, eight games, COVID coming out the fucking arses. The old lot, they've had everything. They could have just capitulated. They were the better side. Better side with players nobody's heard of. And that's what you need for as a manager. And and for me, you know, I'll, I'll give him, I'll give Dean, he's been one of the main reasons we've just got 13 points in a very, very short period of time. But I'm sorry, I go back to Wickham, I go back to Coventry, I go back to Luton when we were fucking abject Middlesbrough, Derby. So, you know, I think, you know, it's it's great and it's fantastic and fair play to him. And it was the same at the end of last season. I send it under Pep. When Pep was given the can, he was still managing. They fucking down tools and they shitted it. And they said, oh, fuck it, we're, we're, we're fine. Those characters come back when tough, the tough gets going. And I hope Bowyer can either have a strong word and say, look, this is it. Or seriously, fuck them off. Because this is a time to start again. And it might sound harsh. I'm not digging him out. I'm just saying it as I see it. Because we've become a stellar team in fucking two months. Second best side in the league in what? Less than two months? Yeah. 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 So 
Love Chance Saloon now for a lot of those players. Yeah, mate. Lots and lots of soul searching and fucking answers. Um, oh, sorry, questions to be answered in that in that off season because it's not acceptable. It isn't acceptable. So um, that's all I'm going to say on that. So moving on to, well, chance to I guess go further up the table. Um, Ex Blues manager in charge. I think we probably wanted him at one point, didn't we? Again. Yeah, probably. Done a good job. Um, yeah. So, um, Tom, go, go to you first. I mean, just just around, I guess what 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 Chris has done with, with Forest, and then looking at the way that they've been playing, and, and I guess you know, are we going to match up again? Do you see any changes? What what do you think is going to? How do you think is going to play out? Um, I think we'll see a few changes for this one. Actually, I do think we'll change our style. Um, I th- do you know what? I've 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 hoped for us to change the formation and just attack teams a bit more. Um, if it was ever going to happen, I actually think it might be this game if we if we want to match teams because Forest don't play five at the back or three at the back like the recent teams we've played. They do play four at the back. They are a very yeah. you know a, a bit more traditional side under Hutton. You know Hutton keeps things quite simple, doesn't overcomplicate it. Um, he can play, you know, he likes to play 4-4-1-1 or most predominantly he likes his 4-3-3. So um, more than likely, I think we'll see a 4-3-3. Um, but there's there's a lot of quality in that Forest, Forest squad on paper. Uh, that's always yeah. been the case. And do you know what? It's been weird. It's been weird the job he's done. You have to, you have to praise it because it is a good job. But it's just gone so quietly. Like, it's they've not really had... Like like we are on now, we're on a good run of form. They never had a good run of form. It was more of a, a win-loss, win-loss sort of thing. So that I feel like that's why it went under the radar and they've just silently climbed to safety. Because at one point, I remember when they were 21st in like December. So um, no, it's, it's crazy the turnaround he's done there. And it's very impressive and it has gone under the radar just because it's that, that's probably been their biggest problem, consistency. Um, yeah. And that showed that they've still got weaknesses when they lost to Huddersfield at home, which on paper is a game they should, should not lose. And they have. They've been outclassed. And Forrest have had those games this season. And although they've become a bit more, you know, they've got a few more results in them now under Hute and they still have similar problems to what they had before. Yeah. Um, and there's, that's virtually, it's almost still the same side, bar Matty Cash, that were seventh last season so um it's, it's still a good squad but they've just really struggled to gel this season because Forest's big problem is they always sign too many fucking players um and it just messes things up and then anyone who doesn't work out is off to Olympiacos because of the owner so um it's it's a weird one at Forest. I don't think they have the same mentality and positivity that we have right now but they do still have a good man at the helm Ian Chris Hewton, who, who knows how to get out of this division. So it's certainly not going to be an easy game, but I certainly favour us going into the game for sure. Uh, we just got to play it right. And I think 4 4 2 would be the best best time to use this, actually. Uh, yeah. 4 4 2 style and bring back in those wingers and be a bit more unpredictable again. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether he will. I don't know whether, I don't know whether where we're at at the moment, he, he'll go with the wingers. Um, he hasn't done it yet. Uh, I think he's. He might go with one of them, I think, but I, I just don't. I think he's going to stay Mr. Pragmatic from now to the end of the season. Maybe with a few, you know, as I said, if we can win on 
on um, on Wednesday, then maybe he'll change. Carl, what do you think? Do you, I mean, do you fancy our chances or is it going to be a little bit after the Lord Mayor's show, 48 points, fuck it, you know, we're pretty safe. How do you think it'll go? I fancy our chances purely because Forrest are massively inconsistent. Um, I think he will change it purely because Bowie has already come out and said that he hates the the sort of the weekend Wednesday night Saturday games. Yeah. Um, so we will probably look at a couple of think um, whether or not he tries to match Forrest with a four three three would be interesting because I don't think we've really tried that this season. No. Um, and I think if you've got potentially Sanchez and Bella wide of say Hogan or Duke, I mean I guess Duke because you'd expect those two to cross the balls in yeah. for him. It would be something a bit different, something we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Um, but I, def- I definitely think we'll see some changes because, you know, we still need to keep fresh. Like we've got Forrest, we've got Derby, I think it's straight after Forrest, isn't it? I think at the weekend. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll see changes. I think I think we've got a we've got a good chance because I think the good thing about a last minute winner, if you're if you're winning games, you've got momentum. But a last minute winner like that, which let's let's face it, was a bit of a shit house win yeah. for us, it actually carries through that momentum, you know, yeah. because they'll like, well, we didn't play well last time and won but we're going to be able to step it up this game. And I think I think there will be a little bit of pressure off them a little bit. I think they will feel a little bit kind of, we're nearly on our fucking summer holiday, but yeah. I think they'll think they can win it. And yeah, I mean, I feel that there's a belief coming off the team. And I think I've said it before that they think they can fucking beat anyone right now. Yeah. Yep. Um, and brilliant. Let's carry that through. You know, let's have a really strong finish to the season. But yeah, I think Forrest is definitely there for the taking. And I think, to be fair, I think even if we get a fucking point out of it, I think we're probably then. I think we're there. I mean, 50 points would be nice, but I think... I'll be happy when we're on 52. That's when I'll be happy. Um, But I think, yeah, I think, you know, why not? You know, we've got that goal for not playing great. Let's just see what it does formation-wise. I just think that... I think they think that, well, they are safe, aren't they? So they're, they're, they're pretty much, you know bulletproof um I, I think you're right that that momentum is massive and i think it's twofold it's well threefold we're not conceding and we haven't conceded in four and i think what well, tom you're the stats man i think it's that's the first time since 2011 under chris it was under chris Hewton, wasn't it yeah in october so, of 2011 was the last okay time that. so you know nearly 10 years um which is unbelievable in that league. Unbelievable. So that's number one. Number two, we're, we're winning. <laughs> you know, and winning is, you know, it's it's just, you know, such a fantastic habit to get into when you walk onto that pitch. And I don't think, it, and Carla, you've made the point, it doesn't really matter who he fucking picks. They just seem like, yeah, fine, fucking crack on. We'll beat anybody. Um, I think the third thing, we've got a bit of luck, you know, finally. I think, I think we've been a little bit hard done by a couple of times over the season, but... Um, I think they again they're they're earning the right and they're making their own look for me um, just by the graft. I mean there was a, a couple of even yesterday when, when they were off it a little bit, a couple of patterns of play where we were trying to break, we were really trying to close down, and the fucking tackles were flying in, and you, it was just what you want to see as a fan. Um, and I think we've got a little well, we've got a lot of our identity back, which is which is fantastic. Um, yeah, I, again. I wouldn't be adverse to a four-three-three. I think we've probably got the, man, the, the you know, the right players to do that, um, and I think that's the only way that Bella and uh, Sanchez play on the same t- side. 
the last time we played that formation was Sheffield Wednesday away and we won 1-0. So yeah. it's, yeah. it's yeah. not like it wouldn't work. We could try no. it. And, 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 you know, Juki, he's, he's top of the world, isn't it? You know, he's fucking loving it. So he's getting loads of love. He's scoring goals, putting himself about a bit. If he's got two wingers with him, he'll love that. I think if you've got the three of maybe, a, I don't know, a Garden Harper Sunic scenario, it's really going to shore it up. You go with your three centre halves, albeit in a four, and trip Collan in at right back. Feels like a decent. If it feels like we've got that really robust block in front of the four with a bit of a bit of goal from from Harper, and then just smash it into the smash it into the channels to the wide men and see what we can do. Get Mark Roberts at number ten. Well, I mean, it, <laughs> to be fair, mate, I know we, we we've had a bit of fun with it, but his technique for the cross, fuck me. I know. I mean, that was a proper fucking delivery that was. And, you know, I just think that I don't fancy us to lose at the moment, certainly against sides that, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to fucking say I thought we'd beat Watford, you know, in the grand scheme of things. I thought we'd struggle against Brentford. But when we got into this run, certainly with the style and the way they've been playing, then without doubt, you know, um, I fully expected us to win yesterday. It was a lot more difficult than I thought it would be. Um, Forrest... That is, I mean, I, I personally think it'll be a draw and I think we'll go Derby. I do. I think Derby are there for the taking. I think they are shitting it. And we talk about momentum. They've got to go in the wrong fucking way. And at this time of the season, it ain't great because players don't want the ball. They do make mistakes. And Rooney isn't built for a fucking relegation battle. When was that time that fucker was in a relegation battle? Dar- Derby's an interesting one as well because, I mean... They've made five January signings and four of them have returned to their parent clubs because they're all loans. Four of them have already returned to their parent clubs due to injury and Mengi being the latest one and he's been a good defender for them since he's come in. So they just keep losing players, keep losing players to injury. Since they lost Bielik, they lost how solid they were. So um, now Gregory had scored three and five and now he's gone back to Stoke because of injury. So they're just losing players to injury left, right and centre. And do you know what? I think a lot of that squad are being bottle jobs and just don't want to play. They just don't want to play. It's like no. watching us last season, at the yeah. end of last season. Yeah. With Derby. Yeah. And, and, and you know, you, you, you always need, like we said, you know, you need a point of reference. You need experience in anything you do. And, you know, whether we like it or not, we've got plenty of fucking experience of avoiding the drop. Albeit we've done it in different ways. Last year was a shower of shit and this year's been a lot better. But, yeah, I, I think as far as predictions, and I'll kick it off, I think well, I think it'll be one apiece on, on Wednesday. And I'll, I, to be honest, I'll take that. I think Forrest, any Chris Hewton side is, is going to be a tough one. I genuinely believe that. And, and as Tom, you rightly said, they've got some good players. You know, on, on paper, is their squad better than ours? Arguably, it probably is. Um, there might not be a lot in it, um, but but I think, you know, uh, I, I definitely take a draw and just take us that one point close to the 50 the fifty point mark. Carl, what do you think prediction wise? Well, given that I predicted we beat Rotherham 5 0, you know, I think I fucking ran yeah, it in this time. Yeah, call, I did say that was fucking optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, fucking turned out like it, didn't it? Um, no, I think, I, think, I think we'll probably win 2 1. I think I'll go with, I think. I, I, I get that Chris Hewton's side are absolutely tough to beat, but I think right now we'll beat anyone. Um, so, yeah, I've got full confidence in them, in Bowyer, and what they're going to do. And, yeah, 2-1, I, I reckon. Fair dues. Tom? 
We always beat Forest at home. I don't know why, but it's just one of those that we always seem to win. You've got to go back to 1974. We played him 16 times, beat yep. him 13, brought two, lost one, whatever it fucking is. Yeah, literally, like, I, they just don't win at St Andrews. And I think that's going to continue personally. I okay. don't think they were that special when we played them before. And, you know, no. they, they were under Hugh and then and we managed to get an inner draw, and we were under bloody Karanka. So I think there's every chance. Mind you, however, they do perform better away from home than they do at home this season. Yeah. Um, I take that into consideration. However, I'm, I'm going to back the boys, and, you know, he's got a well, he's got a 100% win record at St Andrews so far, and that's with three games already, and I'm going to back him for another. So 3-1 Blues. Fair play. And before I forget, the uh, obviously the patented stroke trademarks throughout owned Blues Focus, uh, dream pick, Carl. Uh, I'm going to go with Bella. I think I think that'd be my my dream pick. I, I've I've always had an issue with Bella defensively, always. Um, but I think we've missed his pace and at times his delivery. Um, and I just think that he just gives us something a little bit different. It gives us that that counter attack capability that we currently kind of lack a bit because, you know, yep. up front, they're not the, the quickest or the most mobile. So, yes, I'll go with Bella this time, I think. Tom? Uh, I'm torn between two. I'm torn between Raheem Harper and Scott Hogan. Um, I'm personally going to edge it to Scott Hogan because okay. I, I, I'm i just excited to see him come back because I don't think we've seen enough, for him, enough of him under Boya yet. And I, I want to see how he's changed as a player and what he's worked on and whether he can apply that to his game on a match day. So I think I'm certainly excited to see um, Scott Hogan the most, if we can. Uh, However, I do think Raheem Harper, it would be nice to see him get back into the side again, despite obviously, you know, before he kind of dropped out onto the bench a bit, he played like nine games on the spin or 10 games, something like that. I do think he's more than fit enough to get back into the squad. And he looked all right when he came on against Rotherham. So uh, no, hope, hope uh, hope to see more of him. Well, you've nicked mine because I'm going to go Harper. Um, <laughs> I, I just think uh, the turgid midfield is 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 nauseating. Um, I'll give him it against Rotherham. It was a massive game. We got the we got the result we wanted and the points we wanted. And I think now now it's time to maybe give Gardner that more sort of defensive role if he's going to play a two, uh, and, and let Harper come in and, and do his bit and hopefully get Bella on the ball and Sanchez on the ball if they're going to play. Okay. Um, we probably not that it really affects us too much, but I think before we we sign off, obviously some interesting developments in the world of football over the twenty four hours. And to be fair, even the fucking hour and a half been on the pod, some probably happens. Um, <laughs> so with, with the um, developments with this uh, European Super League, um, I will open up with you, Carl. Just just give me your thoughts, and it, it doesn't have to be a fucking you know a Gary Neville tirade. Are you sure? But, just from a Blues point of view and your own personal point of view, what, what were your thoughts when you heard it break? It's, uh, it's. I've said it on multiple things across Twitter. I've fucking reshared things, retweeted shit and all kinds of stuff over the last 24 hours. Um, I'm disgusted. Uh, I won't go quite Gary Neville level of emotion and fucking passion, but it, I think it's disgusting, to be honest. Um, I think it's a slap in the face to everyone who isn't in that. Big, big six, Spurs, Arsenal, um, who, you know, the dream is to play in the Premier League, you know, and then once you've played in the Premier League, the dream is to break up, break into the top 10 and then push away up like Leicester, you yeah. know. 
how can these clubs who have played in these leagues for 100 and whatever fucking year, 200 years, whatever it is kind of thing now, turn their back on everything they've done, everything they've worked for, claim that they're community clubs and how much they've missed fucking fans. When actually, when Arsenal were furloughing and fucking firing people in the summer, they were negotiating this 300 billion, whatever it is. Nah, sorry, that's that's just fucking wrong. Um, it's, it's just disgusting. I'm genuinely... I'm not ashamed to be a football fan, um, to be honest, because it's not our fucking fault, obviously. No. But you, you just look at it and you just think, how on earth can you place that amount of money over essentially what is a game for millions of people um, in the UK and, and Europe, let alone around the world? Um, yeah, it's just... And it, and it will, shockwaves will be felt all the way through the divisions, all the way down to probably not quite a grassroots level, but certainly the non-league sort of down to step, what, five, six, seven. It's going to be felt everywhere because, you know, it's just, yeah, fucking outrageous, to be perfectly honest. Um, and I just think that it just proves that all these owners think about is money. They're trying to run it like an NFL franchise, effectively. Um, and that's all they care about. Um, us for Blues, I think Tom said before we came on, we're closer to Champions League football. So maybe we should uh, not give Dong some shit for that. He's keeping his promise. Um, I guess you've just got to see where the chips fall on this. Um, for, for us, you know, I mean, I guess it would affect things like payments and teams going out. Of this If they do ban all six from all competition, um, you know, leagues will look very different next year. Um, and we could end up finishing fucking 10th in the league this season or whatever. But yeah, I think it's a disgrace. And I think there's going to be a lot more to come out about it. Um, I think, you know, I think Gary Neville has hit the nail on the head. If you got something to say about it, get, get on it, you know, let's protest it. Let's show them that fans really can fucking do things and care, Mm. you know, Um, don't hide behind the fact that we can't get into the grounds. Let's do something about it. But, you know, um, yeah. It's quite hard, I think, for us because we're not directly affected, but we are. And it's, yeah, obviously there's still a lot more information to come out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tom, just your, your thoughts on it? Well, I will probably go a bit Gary Neville on you, to be honest, lads. Not going to lie. I think it's fucking despicable. I, it makes me feel sick. It's years and years and years and years of beautiful history being flushed down the toilet like it means nothing. And it's by people who don't give a shit about the sport. They couldn't care less what happens. They just care about making a few more billions. And that's, that appears to be the point. But not being funny, you're not going to make that money if you ain't got any fucking fans watching it. And at this point, it feels like the whole world is just against this, this plot. So I don't know where they're going to get the fans from. And with players being told that they will be banned from competitions like the World Cup, the Euros, they won't be able to represent their country. So how do you think all those players are going to feel in those big six clubs that they're being told that all these wonderful things that they'll have grown up dreaming of are going to be stripped away from them? And I think that's the key. Fans protesting is needed, but if players turn on the clubs, that's that's even bigger. And I do think that there's every chance that could happen. I think a lot of people internally in those clubs are turning against the club. I've just read, you know, Jurgen Klopp knew nothing about it um, and he's still opposed to the European Super League. Mourinho refused to have his players train uh, due to the news. Um, And there's been sacked for it. 
So, you know, and I, I like what Leeds have done. They've they've uh, made all their players wear uh, T-shirts before the game uh, with a Champions League logo. And then underneath it says, earn it. And then on the back, it says football is for the fans, which is what it is. And I think I love the Leeds owner. Um, he's very, very passionate and enjoys football. Um, and it's rare you get that anymore because unfortunately the people who can afford to run a football club don't love football. And that is, unfortunately, that is the case, especially for those big six clubs. And for me, there's so much, I feel like they have more to lose right now and they're, they're not quite seeing it. They're, they're saying they don't care about the bad PR. They, they're sticking with their guns. But I, I think as soon as one club pulls out at the 11th hour, the rest will follow. Um, and at, at this rate, I do feel like that's the direction it's going to go in um, because they're being, they're being stripped of so much now. Um, but there are a, a lot of snakes behind the scenes from what it sounds like. Um, and it just shows that they don't give a shit about the fans. And, I'm so happy to see fans already responding um, with this massive backlash, but also a few protesting as well. And I think the protests will only get bigger the longer this facade goes on. Um, so we, we'll, we'll see, but they're all talking. They are, obviously, there's going to be a meeting with the, four, the, the other 14 Premier League clubs tomorrow. I think that'll be crucial, um, how that goes ahead. And I do think those big six clubs will be given a deadline to sort their shit. And I, I've heard... People say, you know, things will be stripped of them starting Friday if they don't, you know, turn things around. And I'm just delighted to see clubs like Dortmund and Bayern Munich and PSG all sticking by their country and by their fans and not turning against this and just joining the billionaire bandwagon um, because they care, because they're, they're, they're passionate clubs uh, that are that do get the fans involved. And it was nice to see that the government believed that football fans in England should be more involved with their football clubs than they are, um, which I think would be good. And obviously Bojo finally saying something useful for a change, saying that he might actually try and stop the European school. I don't know how he's going to do that, but you know, any, any every little helps, I suppose, if uh, you want to chuck the Tesco uh, thing in there, but uh, no, I, I think it's uh, disgusting overall. And I really do believe with, the power of the football world uniting together. We can put a stop to this. We just have to do everything possible and throw everything at them. And you're not seeing many people agreeing to it. I think I've only seen one person agree with it, and that's Stephen fucking Bywater. And I doubt many people remember him, just a clueless goalkeeper who rotted away at Burton Albion and was just a shit league camp. <laughs> that is the best way to sum up Stephen Bywater, you know, a shit league camp. You so, don't want that on your gravestone, do you? Fucking no. hell. <laughs> um, I, I guess for what it's worth, I think, yeah, they've already come out and said the fans don't mean anything pretty much. And, 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 you know, I honestly believe that the majority of these clubs, as soon as the announcement came out, they knew this was going to happen. This can't be a surprise to anybody. And I think what we've got to bear in mind is there's, it's a big world out there. And yeah, I, I would say that those those sides that are involved will probably lose, you know, maybe half of their fan base within their, within their countries. They'll move on to, to other clubs. They'll make a stand. There'll always be, be fans that just say, fuck it, it's my club, I don't give a shit. Uh, and a few that will lord it, saying, you know, within the biggest league in the land and fucking this, that and the other. But there's a lot of people in China and the Middle East and fucking all corners of the world that have got Netflix that will want to watch this football that allegedly, you know, the biggest the biggest sort of 
I guess the big the big shows they call you know the major league baseball and and I think look at what happened. I said to Carl before we came on, you know, who'd have thought that players in their prime would have gone to China to play in a fucking pub league? It's already happened. It's already fucking happened. So I, from my point of view, and it's selfish, um, I've listened to a lot of the fans from these fucking sides, you know, revel in supporting, you know, the, the best of the best of the best, money coming out of the fucking ears, you know, entitlement to winning trophies, blah, blah, blah. Well, I have five minutes in our fucking shoes now. But the reality is, you know, football, it, it, it's, it, it's not about the fans anymore. We know that. I refer you to a plane that flew over a fucking stadium a couple of weeks ago. And I, and I just think that, you know, Man United have been through it. You know, they, when the Glazers went in, they formed a new club. Um, you know, it, it, unfortunately, when you have owners like this, and I'd put us, I mean, if we were successful, do you honestly think that our fucking board would think twice about getting us involved in this league? Oh, no, I, I think if we were a successful club, they'd have fucking agreed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The only people that are moaning and, you know, PSG and the, re- and the rest of them, they can't join it. They can't. They physically, legally can't do it. So they're in a position of, that, that you know, because they can't join it legally, then they're sort of fucks. They say, yeah, don't agree it. And they take the moral high ground. But unfortunately, money talks. It always has done. You know, when the premiership was formed, you know, a lot of things changed and... You know, when you're paying, you know, bang average players 70, 80, 90,000 quid, unfortunately, this has just been created. And I hope those honest, you know, the, the, I, I class the proper supporters of these top six sides. I'm with you, Tom. I hope they do protest. I hope they do get on the front foot. I hope they do support their club and, you know, sort of fight the battle of what is a complete injustice. Um, but, you know, speak to Berry fans. True. It's funny you mentioned China, though, because realistically, all those players that don't want to be part of the Super League, there's not many Premier League clubs that will be able to afford those wages at all. Not at all. You look at Leicester, and that's probably about it, in all honesty, that could afford the wages of, say, if Harry Kane didn't want to be in the European Super League, so he left Spurs. And yeah. The only place these big name players can go is fucking China. Yeah, because and, and, you know that the, this won't be a twelve-team league. It will be franchises that come out of nowhere and players that are just, you know, flown in from God knows where on tons of money. And it'll just be—it's just a, a, a circus. It'll be an NFL for actual yeah. football, won't it? Effectively, yeah, it will. I think. All I, I would—I would, I mean, anybody that's watched a great, great series on on American TV called Thirty for Thirty, and it's loads of documentaries about things that have happened in sport. Indianapolis Colts in the 80s, one of the biggest sides in the NFL. The franchise owners did a fucking midnight flit to Baltimore. And just and there was no club left. There was no club. None of the employees knew. Nobody knew. They just moved the fucking place. And it, it's... And this, you know, everybody's been saying, you know, even Chelsea, you've got Buck who's, like, pulling the strings there. Um, Liverpool owned by Americans... Uh, United owned by Americans, City probably influenced a decent amount. You know, it's just, it's unfortunate that nothing is forever, is it? It just isn't. And change always does come. I just don't think anybody appreciated that it was going to come to this degree. I just, I'm I'm baffled by it. 
but having said that, I'm glad we beat fucking Rotherham one nil. <laughs> yep. Simple as yep. simple as that. Simple as that. And it's horrible. And but I, I'm very much realistic to, enough to know that if we were in the top four, we'd be fucking sold. We'd be sold down the river. So for once, I'm glad that we are where we are and we've still got a club. But exactly. But even then, you know, all, all, I guess all joking aside, we all support teams. We all know what it means. Um, and, you know, I just hope that there is a change of tack. I just don't think there will be. I just don't think there will be. But there we go. They want to start in August. So it's clearly a planned, very, yeah. very much a planned proceeding. Oh, God, just wait. I mean, it's just going to be like where we... Beginning of May, Amazon all, all sort of announced their new uh, sports package with the new yeah. <laughs> league in. Okay, now. Yeah. Um, I ain't fucking paying it. No, no, absolutely not. Right then, on, on that rather sour note, um, Carl, thank you very much for your contributions, my friend. Yeah, no worries. Thanks as ever, lads. Always, always fun. Top man. Uh, and Tom, cheers, buddy. And um, yeah, thanks, thanks as ever for your for your contributions. No worries, mate. Pleasure as always to chat with you guys and uh, just just to cheer up everyone. We won one 0 against Rotherham. Get the fuck in. Yeah. Well, um, look, looking forward to the next game as ever. Let's hope we can just get that final win that gives us that sort of breathing space. I think we're pretty much there, but over fifty points will definitely do a job. So um, yeah, be interested to see the sidey picks, and uh, we'll come back to you. Uh, to hopefully talk about another victory, which seems to be a common theme at the moment. But between now and then, stay safe and keep right on. Sports Social Podcast Network. Baltimore's very own hometown hero, Stavros Halkias, is bringing the Fat Rascal Tour to the Lyric Baltimore on October 12th at 7 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. Limited tickets are available. Don't miss Baltimore's own Stavros Honkias performing live at the Lyric Baltimore on October 12th. Grab tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share box ready to go, your mates are already booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 